Northeast Mall presents Holiday 95. Over 1.2 million square feet of pure shopping I know I'm about to date myself by saying this, but Claire's was one of the go-to places in the mall as a teenager. Maybe you preferred Hot Topic or Newbery Comics, but if you wanted jewelry that wouldn't cost your entire allowance, phone accessories for your brand new pink razor, or the latest collection of snap bracelets, then Claire's was the place to be. I realize that saying all of that out loud has probably made me sound ancient as all hell, but just bear with me on this. Retail executive Bruce Gaslow, who worked for Claire's for decades, admits that, yeah, it was a place of first for so many kids. Whether it was a first ear piercing, your first attempt to express yourself with makeup, or your first time going into a store and absolutely going nuts with no parents involved, it was a childhood shaping experience. Or a teenage shaping experience if you liked icing, the slightly grown-up version of Claire's owned by the exact same folks which truthfully, I didn't know that was supposed to be the target demographic. I thought icing was like supposed to be the fancy Claire's and that was kind of their whole thing was like, that's where you went if you wanted to like sparkle like hell for homecoming. While you might not see junk jewelry and butterfly clips as the epitome of style nowadays, though the 90s and early 2000s styles are making a comeback, there was a time when Claire's actually made the trends. As Gaslow put it, If you went into an empty mall at 3.30 in the afternoon, the only two busy spots would be the food court and Claire's. Not bad for a shop that's been around for about 50 years and originated in wigs. And yeah, you heard me right. The hat store chain that once sold trendy fake hair known as Claire's Boutiques was brought up in 1973 and rebranded to sell jewelry. Their buyer, Fashion Tress Industries, eventually shaped them into what we see today. And that's why after being this like fashion icon for teens and kids for so long, it seems almost impossible that they're going down the tubes. Stores are closing, debt was piling on, mall traffic has plummeted, failure was all but certain, right? And yet, no sooner did they start to become this relic of the past, Claris has been making a comeback. As Marketplace put it, they went from bankruptcy to IPO or initial public offering, scrunchies are in again, and 90s fashion is returning. But here's the question on my mind and perhaps yours as well. Should Claire's make a comeback? Or maybe, are they better left in the past? Between asbestos and makeup and controversial ear-piercing policies, maybe Claire's is a 90s trend that we should leave behind. And that's what we're going to find out on today's episode of The Corporate Casket. The FDA this week sent out a safety alert saying they have found asbestos in several makeup products sold at Claire's stores, stores that are popular with teens and young girls. We did our own investigation. Diane McInerney tells you what you found. I remember going into Claire's and being like, oh my God, I need their makeup when I was like eight. Before we jump into it, I just wanna remind you that I actually do have a Patreon in case you were wondering. It's patreon.com slash Illuminati. And literally just today, if you are at the corporate mortician tier or higher, we just released a brand new episode. Today's episode is going to be about the McClure and Bobbitt scam where they faked homelessness to essentially get GoFundMe money. If you wanna learn more about the scam and how it unfolded, make sure to head over to patreon.com slash Illuminati. Links will be in the description. Aside from being the place to go if you wanted junky, fashionable jewelry as a tween, Claire's was also the place to go to if you wanted your ears pierced. 
And no, that's not some exaggeration. They've pierced over 100 million ears worldwide and were considered a great alternative to piercing studios for young girls. In fact, I remember begging my mom when I was 12 years old or like 11 or something to get my ears pierced there. And she finally relented, but gave in and I got my ears pierced there. And then when I turned 18, I ended up getting my, uh, whatever the top of my ear is called, my cartilage pierced, but that one fell out. And based on what I'm about to say, it's probably not surprising that my cartilage fell out. It's surprising that my ears that I pierced with my lobes are still actually pierced from that place. And for all of my other piercings, I've always gone to a tattoo studio and don't regret it one second but let's talk about why I just said all of that. Now, a 12-year-old girl and her mom might feel more comfortable at the cute girly jewelry shop, and that's totally fine. As long as Claire's isn't going to fuck up your ears, then, right, you know, that's okay. The trouble is, they might do exactly that. Fuck up your ears, that is. I mean, think of it. Are you going to trust a piercing shop with professionals that specialize in this shit, or a teenager in the mall with a tattoo gun? or a piercing gun or whatever. You literally can buy them on Amazon. Don't get any ideas. I've tried it for the record. It doesn't work out the way you think it does. Now, by no means am I blaming the teenager alone here. It's really no wonder that there's an abundance of horror stories of infected ears, piercings closing up, skin growing over the piercing, you name it, it's a whole thing. The reality is these teenagers who are hired to do retail are not properly trained on how to pierce ears. There's a reason why piercing studios have so many protocols, rules, training, apprenticeships. There's a reason for that. In 2018, People Magazine reported that a seven-year-old was hospitalized and doctors had to dig her earring out with a scalpel after it became stuck. Her mother, Susie, stated, quote, I was told that with this particular solution, Claire's rapid aftercare cleanser, they would be healed within three weeks. I did think it was quick, but I didn't question it as Claire's is a reputable store and I trusted them. We regularly cleaned it as we had been told to and it looked absolutely fine. No sign of infection at all. Not long after, her daughter woke up one morning and the piercing was painful, hot and sore and the back of her right earring was nowhere to be found. It had become stuck under her skin. But hey, accidents happen and plenty of people, even adults, have had fantastic experiences there. It's not as if every single person that's gone to Claire's has ended up in the emergency room. However, it seems like their hygiene around piercing isn't the biggest problem here. It's actually the piercing policy. In April, 2019, 32-year-old Raylene Marks wrote an open letter to Claire's corporation explaining why she quit her job. Apparently, a seven-year-old made it clear to her that she no longer wanted to get her ears pierced and that the child was crying, saying that they were uncomfortable. Raylene said, quote, I'm inclined to respect a child's right to say no to any adult forcing any kind of non-medical contact on them. So I told the other piercer I wouldn't be part of the ear piercing for this girl. Though the child and her mom left without getting the piercing done, Raylene's manager allegedly told her the following day that if the mother insisted next time, she had no choice but to go through with it. Raylene asked a clarifying question, quote, So if a mother is physically restraining her daughter, holding her down and saying, do it, while that little girl cries and asks me not to, do I do the piercing? Allegedly, her boss said yes, which is downright horrifying. This is absolutely disgusting. It's not as if an ear piercing is a medically necessary procedure by any stretch of the imagination. It's one thing if a little kid hates the dentist or something, but those appointments are necessary and you've ideally got a medical professional working with your child, but an ear piercing? Why would a parent push this so hard? What, because they want little Susie to be able to wear pretty earrings for a beauty pageant or something? I just, I don't get it. 
If a parent forces their child to get ear piercings even when they don't want to, it's sending the message loud and clear that their right to say no means nothing. Kids can and do change their minds, and if they change it again and want the piercing at another time, that's fine. The Claire's employee can easily suggest that they come back another time if the child is ready again instead of forcing it on them. And by the way, I do remember that Claire's also sold like non-pierced earrings, like the little clip-on earrings and stuff for the little gems that you could like stick her on. So it's like there are alternatives available literally in that same store. So just, I don't know, from like a selling, like a sales perspective, it could have been like, oh my God, yeah, your child doesn't want that and you want your kid to wear hoops in a couple weeks or months or whatever. Well, here's these clip-on hoops and you can try that instead while they're not ready for the piercing quite yet. Like, I thought that maybe would be a good selling point. I don't know if that was considered. Maybe employees did it. I don't know. But anyway, back to the whole piercing shenanigans. Here's what the company's 509 policy states that a worker politely suggests a parent and child come back on another day and they have the right to refuse to perform an ear piercing. However, when the policy doesn't state in black and white that a kid has a right to say no and that their no means no, Raylene argues that it can facilitate these intimidating and traumatizing scenarios. Plus, while the particular situation that made her quit was very black and white, an obvious refusal from a child screaming and crying for a lengthy amount of times, She said she experienced many of these gray area piercings where a child, quote, resisted heavily, but was pressured by the parents to settle down. It's tricky because some children probably do express interest in getting their ears pierced, but once that piercing gun is coming down towards them, they may have second thoughts. Still, I do think it's on a parent to navigate those situations, to tell a kid that they can change their mind or ensure they know what will happen in advance instead of making them just go through with it. And truthfully, when it comes down to the bottom line, putting that kind of pressure on a Claire's employee, a retail employee, it isn't right. It's up to the company to make it very crystal clear with the boundaries when it comes to this. And the fact that their policy allowed for this kind of intimidation is pretty disconcerting. I truly hope that there aren't other kids that have this story, but personally, I'm willing to bet that if it's happened to one child, it's probably happened to others too. Maybe even some of you that are listening. Thankfully, Claire's did say that they would be looking into this and taking corrective action, so we can only hope that something like this won't be happening again. Unfortunately, while this piercing policy stirred up a massive controversy, it's not exactly the only one Claire's has faced in recent years either. I was shocked and appalled. Any asbestos uh, should not be in makeup, especially makeup designed and sold specifically to children. The other massive controversy with Claire's happened about four years ago when asbestos was found in their makeup. The FDR tested it and said that three product samples from Claire's as well as others from Justice contained asbestos. Claire's stated that they'd removed the eyeshadows, compact powder and contour powder from their shelves in a quote, abundance of caution, as well as other talc-based products. Now, if you're not aware, here's kind of the quick little TLDR. Talc is a mineral that gives blush, eyeshadow, face powders, and many other cosmetics that silky texture that lets you apply it to your face easier. However, because talc and asbestos can form near one another and often do, there's actually a risk that talc can be contaminated, which would also up the risk of cancer like mesothelioma and ovarian cancer. A while back in my Johnson & Johnson episode, I talk about the serious consequences and risks of products with asbestos, as they're one of the most well-known examples of these products potentially causing cancer. Infuriatingly, the Johnson & Johnson example proves that even when companies are aware of these risks and contaminations, sometimes they don't act on that information. 
It's really the embodiment of the mantra profits over people that some of these companies seem to have. Well, a lot of these companies, if we're being honest. The thing about all of this is that even after the J&J controversy, you'd think that companies would be more on guard about this, especially ones that marketed towards kids. But Claire's, in my opinion, didn't give a shit about the well-being of the children they're targeting. Not only do they act like they're removing products out of an abundance of caution, when truthfully, I think that's literally the basic first step towards protecting your young consumers, but NPR also had this to say. Claire's says its products are safe and disputes the test results, saying that they show significant errors. The retailer says the tests have mischaracterized fibers in the products as asbestos. So, okay, Claire's, where are your tests? Where are the independent studies you conducted? Because last time I checked and took a little peekaroo around, multiple independent testers found the exact same issue. The US PIRG Education Fund, a consumer advocacy group, also showed that those same three products we mentioned earlier contained asbestos. And according to the FDA, the Justice product that was found to contain it had actually been recalled in 2017. I guess recalls mean nothing to Justice though, which is kind of an ironic name for a store that seemingly doesn't know the meaning of the word and in my opinion, treats their young consumers like disposable cash cows. But I digress. The point is, this attitude is really dangerous. I know kids' makeup is going to be cheap, shitty, shiny, brightly colored, full of glitter, and typically not really high quality compared to adult makeup. Sometimes those eyeshadow palettes at kids' stores look more like the dollar store painting kits and are just a little too hard to use too. But that doesn't mean that they should be dangerous by any stretch of the imagination. Unfortunately, kids' makeup is also subject to the same terrible regulations that take place in the industry as a whole. The laws used to regulate cosmetics, according to this 2019 NPR article, haven't been updated since 1938. The safety of Claire's products rests with Claire's alone, and clearly this self-regulation isn't working. And why would it? What company would actually spend their money to ensure safety and quality when they could just hoard it instead? Not many, clearly. Like Claire's, if you're going to question the methods of testing used by independent researchers, Perhaps you should have your own studies and researchers to back up your questions and be able to actually refute the evidence against you instead of just being like, no, we don't like this. We dispute it. Like, okay, for sure. Interesting point. I'd have a lot more sympathy for them if they actually showed concern, decided to conduct additional testing and, you know, apologized. But hey, that didn't really happen. Again, I want to make it really clear that this is an issue with the industry as a whole, not just Claire's but it's their response to the ordeal that I find so upsetting. And for the record, if we're gonna just be really obvious about it, they should know better. Like it should literally be the basics of business. Like you don't wanna harm or kill your customers, but um, especially like a jewelry store targeted towards like children and teenagers, but I guess that memo was missed. Even Jojo Siwa, who had her Jojo Siwa brand makeup pulled, spoke out and said that safety was important to her. Whether or not that's a PR stunt, the fact that a teenager who was only about 16 at the time was willing to call this serious and the gigantic corporation Claire's insisted on downplaying the matter is pretty gross. All right, so I think I've hammered that point down pretty, pretty well and hopefully made you as annoyed about their pitiful corporate speak as I was. So let's talk a bit about Claire's as a company. Weren't they supposed to be dead by now? Fallen by the wayside and bankrupt? What happened there? Claire's filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2018. They sell cheap jewelry you can easily find on Amazon. It doesn't really seem like this came as a surprise to anyone, honestly. 
Plenty of mall regulars have been doing the same thing over the years, as those 90s malls from millennials' childhoods are all dying. Gymboree, The Limited, and Payless Shoes have all turned to bankruptcy too. It only seemed like a matter of time before Claire's joined the ever-growing list. There were a few things that Claire's hoped would make it, quote, Amazon-proof though, like the fact that you can't pierce your ears at home. Well, like I said earlier, you can order a piercing gun and try it, but again, I don't think I'd recommend that to anybody. With Claire's 97.7% owner, Apollo, being over $2 billion in debt around 2017, all their talk of debt slashing and budgets really just sounded like prolonging the inevitable. Some, like chief retail analyst at the NPD Group Market Research Firm, which what a name, Marshall Cohen, said that Claire's did seem strong enough to recover. He told the New York Times, quote, "'Claire's at least is not behind the eight ball yet. They can still regain momentum. They just have to recognize that consumers have changed in a dramatic way. But the shift they'd have to make would be very dramatic to the point where some really didn't think they could actually pull it off. Vice argued in 2020 that Claire's simply didn't appeal to Gen Z. And since they're aimed at kids and teens, relevancy is absolutely crucial to their brand. While the colorful earrings and best friend necklaces have remained pretty popular throughout the years, Gen Z is arguably more aware of their environmental impact than any other generation has been at their age. Emily Boodle at Vice wrote, Gen Z are well aware of the sacrifice of quality that comes with low prices, and in turn, the impact of that low quality. Susanna, who's 17 and lives in South London, doesn't shop in Claire's because she finds it a bit cheap and tacky. I like to buy from local businesses or Etsy or Depop, she tells me. It's much more sustainable. I don't think Claire's is particularly eco-friendly. A 12-year-old Lula was also interviewed for the article, and she said that she tries to buy things with less plastic packaging than Claire's, but they're not very good with plastic, and it makes her want to shop there less frequently. So first of all, good on these kiddos, like seriously. I don't know about any of you, but when I was 12, I don't think I was really like super hopped up on looking into sustainable products. I don't even think I really understood what that meant. So I think it's commendable that younger generations are putting some thought and care into where they put their money. And well, that just isn't Claire's. Costume jewelry that can break or tarnish easily isn't typically made from organic or biodegradable products. It's cheap, junky, colorful stuff. Let's just be real here. And as Vice puts it, the youth of today want more than squidgy spiky balls. Claire's themselves have not seen it this way though, and they've continued to blame dying shopping malls for their bankruptcy woes. At times, they've had moments of awareness, like when one of their CEOs told the Chicago Tribune, we are failing to reinvent ourselves for the 21st century, failing to change with the times, and quite frankly, got left behind by the customer. So Claire's died. The end. See you next episode, right? No, because the 90s are back, baby, and this time for Gen Z to enjoy. And what better way to love the 90s than by going to, you guessed it, Claire's. And before we take a look at the Claire's revival and comeback, let's just take a quick moment to thank today's very special sponsor. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless at just 15 bucks, I thought, but what's the catch? And that's the best part, there isn't one. After talking to them and using their service for over two and a half years now, I found this out firsthand and I'm never going back. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. And I definitely remember what it was like with my old provider. Oh boy, do I. Paying an arm and a leg just to get the basic phone plans. But 
Mint Mobile really is only 15 bucks for unlimited talk and text. Plus you get high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network, so you don't have to compromise quality for cost. Don't pay a ridiculous amount of money on your phone bill. Instead, switch to Mint Mobile. They're the experts on spring cleaning when it comes to cell service. So why bother keeping the lights on in brick and mortar shops and spending thousands on rent just to keep a shop open in the middle of the mall? Instead, just like how you vacuum under your couch and dust the top of those bookshelves, Mint Mobile tosses those retail charges in the trash. And they do it all without getting rid of their excellent customer service. Besides, like real talk for a minute here, who wants to go to a phone store in person to look at a new device and deal with any of those high pressure sales tactic gimmicks to try and get you to force you to get a new phone and all of that? With Mint Mobile, you can shop and compare the variety of phones they have in stock and have it shipped right to your door. All of their plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network too. And of course, you can even keep your own device and switch in minutes using eSIM because changing your provider shouldn't be some hair tearing event. While a thorough spring cleaning makes even the stinkiest of boys smell good, don't forget about cleaning up your messy phone bill and getting rid of those pesky hidden fees and expensive bills. Now that Casper's switched, he doesn't just look good, but he sounds even better. And all thanks to Mint Mobile. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, make sure you go to mintmobile.com slash Casper. Again, that's mintmobile.com slash Casper. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Casper. This is a blast from the past. It's these fashion trends from the 90s that are making a comeback. With a summer yes. style, style style that is a throwback uh, to the 90s. So we're focusing on trends like clogs, cutouts, and straight out of the 90s. From head to toe and everything in between, if you want to be cool in 2023, just I'll be honest, I really didn't think 90s fashion was going to make a comeback this soon. It really doesn't feel like it was that long ago, and the idea that there are people old enough to drink who are born after the turn of the millennium is absolutely wild to me. But hey, here we are, seeing old school 90s trends come back into fashion, and since Claire's was sort of, you know, left behind by the 90s and never moved forward, they've been able to make a gigantic comeback. Chloe and Chanel, we are wardrobe stylists, and we are here today with Claire's Talking Pumpkin Pearls. Yes. <laughs> According to Fast Company, during the pandemic, they even generated $1.4 billion in revenue and swung a profit, with sales increasing more than 50%. It's not all that often you hear about massive corporations exiting bankruptcy so swiftly. Like, I'm perfectly well aware that nostalgia is a powerful marketing tool, but my God, this is just a phenomenal example. I'm pretty sure this is gonna be studied in marketing classes for like at least the next decade or so. Plus, any parents who spent their childhoods in Claire's are at a decent age to start bringing their kids there too. So again, another layer of nostalgia. Claire's hasn't just evaded certain death by bankruptcy. They've gone back to spotting trends too. Scrunchies made a comeback and Claire's, in response, made millions upon millions of scrunchies. Oh, kawaii stuff is popular? No problem. Claire's now has Chibi and Tuxedo Sam all over their products, from lip balms to plushies and almost everything in between. You need fidget toys? They've got almost every single fidget toy in existence in the history of ever. But it's not just little accessories either, but everything from slip dresses to varsity jackets to baby tees and overalls, they're all making a comeback. And what better way to style 90s fashion than with those tattoo chokers and other 90s jewelry? 
which again, God, that made me feel so old. I've been wearing the tattoo chokers like since high school and I never really stopped. I just periodically wear them. I think in 2016 or 17, maybe I had a brown one instead of a black one because everyone was kind of going through that like softer look. It was like glam makeup, but like really weird outfits. Anyway, I can't wait to see that fashion make a revival because I don't think we really did it justice. So I can't wait to see what a newer generation does with it, to be honest. Kristen Patrick, the chief marketing officer, isn't wrong when she says that they suddenly became cool again and they're uniquely positioned to meet these nostalgia demands. And that much is true. Plus, thanks to TikTok spreading these 90s trends far and wide between generations that can either make it stylish or make fun of how unstylish it used to be, Claire sure has plenty of consumers to choose from. But what about that whole sustainability bit? What about Gen Z being conscientious buyers and not wanting to get cheap, throwaway, junky plastic? Are they actually cool again or just trending temporarily? In my opinion, I think it's a little bit of both. Olivia Rodrigo, Willow Smith, and Diplo have all signed on to be official partners for the brand, breathing a whole new life into Claire's that it never had before. Even if they're considered nostalgic, a whole new generation is unironically enjoying 90s inspired styles. Samantha Sutton, writing for InStyle, spoke with stylist Chloe and Chanel. Her article reads, quote, It was so funny. We were on a photo shoot and it was basically Y2K inspired, Chloe tells me, as Chanel explains that the vibe was Lizzie McGuire meets Mary-Kate and Ashley. I was talking to the hairstylist and was like, where did you get all of those amazing hair clips? We were shooting at a mall. So he literally walked in Claire's and grabbed all the accessories. I was like, wow, that is amazing. That said, I do think that Gen Z will grow out of Claire's much like how millennials did. And while teenagers might be able to pull off butterfly clips, I don't see many 30-year-olds whipping out those accessories for daily wear. It's possible that Claire's will die off again when demand goes down. But if they're able to keep adapting to the newest generation or grow their target market, then there is a chance Claire's will continue to be around for a lot longer than we ever thought possible. Personally, I don't think that's a great thing or a horrific one either. The vagueness around their ear piercing policy and the reaction to the asbestos in their makeup sure as hell doesn't make me pleased with Claire's, nor does it make me wanna shop with them for the record, but they're by no means the worst company I've ever covered. So if you want to relive your colorful 90s fantasies or take part in the new 90s inspired trend, then by all means, head over to your local relic of the past or mall or outdoor shopping center or wherever, maybe head into a Claire's. Though if you want to get your ears pierced, maybe just go to a reputable piercing shop instead. But with all of that being said, that's where we're going to be ending today's extra episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you'd like to connect with me outside of these episodes, make sure to click the Linktree link in my description box. It's going to have links to all of my social media and all projects that I'm currently involved in. So thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I really do enjoy it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Oh my god, it is so stupid. We got the powder foundation. It's so it's little girls that be jumping up like a fire. They got they got like fault washes.